0: Welcome to the Experience Christian Church Message Podcast. We are a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. We would love to connect with you. Would you text ECC info to 94000 or Go to our website, experiencecc.org for more information and to learn how you can be a part of our community. Enjoy today's message.
1: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name.
0: Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Give us today our daily bread.
0: And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors.
1: And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Hello, I'm Matt Silver, one of the pastors here at Experience, and thank you so much for investing your time with us today. I just wanted to start off with a question for you. Have you ever went into a meeting or a place and you knew it could have some individuals there that you were going to have conflict with or had the potential for conflict? There could be some tensions, and you said a a prayer line, something like this. You just said, God, give me the strength to make it through this. You may say, God, give me patience, help me to be kind, help me to speak the truth in love. Maybe you also were going to an environment, maybe it was a gathering where they were going to have some things happening there that you may be tempted to say yes to and later you wish you'd say no. So you walk into that environment and you say, God, give me the strength to say no. Well, These little breath prayers are important, and I bet you've said one or two of them before. And the question is, have you ever left that environment and said, man, that went way better than I thought it would? uh, Chances are you have. I believe God answers prayers like that. And what we're talking about today is the idea of temptation. And we're talking about the importance of praying through it. We've been looking at prayer through the lens of a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, who in turn taught it to us. It's the model prayer. And we've been investing time exploring it over the last few weeks. It's a prayer you've probably come across. It's a prayer you may have memorized, and I'd like to say it together now as we start the service. Read along with me on the screen. It was talked by Jesus, and he said, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. As we read over this prayer, we understand that it's a model taught to us by Jesus. It's not just to be said word for word every time, although it's helpful in that circumstance, maybe it brings us comfort, but it's meant to be used as a model of particular things that we can think about as we pray. And we've broken this down, every verse of this prayer has been used as a teaching for each of the weeks. So if you missed any of them, make sure you check them out. They'll be very informative. The first week we talked about how the need to pray for God as a father. And it reminds us that God is intimate, that He loves us, that He cares for us. But not only is He a loving Father, the rest of that verse explains that He is ultimate. He is able to control things and do things that we similar, simply cannot do on our own. We also said that God is a God that can bring heaven to this earth. One day we'll be in heaven in a future state, but right now we have the opportunity to bring heaven here by the way we treat one another, the way we love one another. Make sure you listen to that week. But then we shifted to three things we need to pray for on a daily basis. And the first thing was to pray for our daily bread. Now, bread in turn can be food, but it's also related to anything that we need. Anything that we need to survive. And we should also be mindful of those that don't have anything and pray for them. That's physical needs. The following week, which was last week, we talked about our spiritual need that we have. And that's the need for forgiveness. Forgiveness is known that any time that we sin or mess up, we need, we acquire a debt that needs to be paid. And Jesus offers to pay that debt for us. It's not something we earn. Forgiveness, we don't earn it by doing really good things to make up for the bad. No, forgiveness is something we receive. And when we receive it freely, we should also be willing to extend it to others freely. So again, every one of those verses of The standalone Week, make sure you take time to check those out. Well, today we're talking about a different spiritual need, and that is the need to resist temptation. So let's look at this verse together, found in Matthew 6, 13. It says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The need we're concentrating on today is temptation. And temptations are those opportunities we have that entice us to do something evil. It's the battle that wages within us when we have this situation that we are confronting and we can listen to that angel on our one shoulder or the devil on our other shoulder and they're whispering different actions that we should take. We know that one path will lead to temporary pleasure. It always overpromises and underdelivers, though, doesn't it? We succumb to something and we feel bad for it. We have remorse. And so temptation is that little thing we do right before we sin. In the last verse, we ask for forgiveness for what we just did. Now we're asking God to help us not do that thing again, or to give us strength to stop in that motion that we've already maybe set forth. Last week we defined sin as missing the mark of God's standard, and we broke it down further by saying that there are sins of commission and sins of omission. Commission are those sins that we do intentionally. We trespass, we go where we shouldn't go, we do things that we shouldn't do. For example, let's put this in food, a favorite category of mine. If I put leftovers in the refrigerator, an act of commission would be someone coming in and taking my food and eating it. Omission is not doing something that we should do. This would be if my family goes out to eat at a restaurant and they don't call me to see if I want them to bring me back anything. They omitted something that they should have done. Commission and omission. Well, When we sin, which will continue to happen, we we need to daily ask for God's forgiveness. Well, praying for God to help you in those moments that precede that need is praying for temptation. Being tempted is not a sin. That's important to remember. Giving into temptation is sin. This verse gives us insight into three main areas I want to hit today. The first thing that is probably obvious to you but is worth stating as we read in this verse is temptation is a part of life, at least for most people. I can remember what it was like being tempted before. Before I gave my life to Jesus and entered into ministry, I used to be tempted by things probably similar to things that you fight. I can remember as I was driving and someone would cut me off. I would sometimes just make a mean face at them that wasn't very kind. I can remember hitting my finger with a hammer and thinking a really negative thought. I can remember like telling my children to listen to me. And if they said, I don't want to, I would sometimes make a mean face at them and it was rough. Or, you know, maybe I was watching the Super Bowl or watching football and there were some ads on about new cars and maybe I'd want one. But you know, right when I entered into the ministry, I said, God, would you take all these temptations away? And guess what? He did. I haven't struggled with any of that stuff and you know I'm being sarcastic. We all struggle with temptation and it's a very, very frustrating thing, isn't it? Like, Why do we struggle? Why do we have such a hard time doing things that we know we shouldn't do? It's frustrating. But it's something that we're all gonna continue to do. Life is full of temptations. And they can come at the most inopportune times and when it doesn't even make sense. I lead a Monday night's men's group. And it's funny to me, I can get off the phone, we can have this great conversation about the need to live for God, to be intentional with our relationships. And then I can jump on Facebook and I can scroll through and there can be an inappropriate image and I can just look at it and I'm tempted to keep looking at it and to keep staring at it and I've gotta like walk away and put the phone down. It's frustrating. I can actually be having a conversation with someone about the need to love their spouse, to love their family, and then I can get into a conversation with Carrie when she's like, hey, I need a little bit of extra from you around here. The kids are doing sports. The kids are doing activities. I need you to tap in more and drive the kids around, and I can just have these thoughts in my head that get defensive, that get mean, and I'm thinking like, I should just say this, but it's not kind. I wish that wasn't a temptation, but it is, and you struggle with temptation. It's something that we all deal with. It's important to also say it's just not a daily thing, is it? It's not like you roll up at 6 o'clock, you're like, huh, I haven't been tempted yet, That's it's going to come before the day ends. No, this is more than a daily thing. This can be a moment-by-moment thing at times. It can come on so strong it can feel debilitating at times. And temptation is something that we all deal with, we all struggle with, and that's why Jesus tells us to pray about it. You know, temptation is not a new thing. Adam and Eve, they struggle with temptation. Genesis records that they were given one rule by God and one rule only, to not eat food from this one particular tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't have to ask for permission to do anything else. They could run around the garden, they could play with the animals, they can do all these things. And they had one rule, just one rule. Don't eat that food from that tree. And what did they do? Probably the same thing we did. It seems like whenever there's a rule that we're not supposed to do, it's almost as entices us to check it out. To see why not. It must be really good if I'm not supposed to do this. Well, that's what happens, isn't it? We're always tempted to explore, to go where we shouldn't, to find something that might just give us a little bit more pleasure than we experience now. Well, why did God put the tree in the center of the garden? Well, you can Google the 321 million responses I got to try to find an answer. Why are we tempted? Why was that tree there in the first place? And the answer is we don't know. We know it has something to do with giving us the choice to choose to obey God or to disobey Him. The free will opportunity to enter into a relationship with Him or to reject a relationship with Him. And so here we are finding ourselves tempted and the need to pray against it. You know, step away from God's rules. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, and we're so glad that you're with us listening. We have a saying here, you can belong before you believe. And so we're glad you're watching this message. But this isn't just a Christian message when we talk about temptation, is it? We don't actually maintain our own standards. How many times have you said, I'm gonna start getting up early and exercise, but there's something about those warm covers, and you're like, mm, I'll start tomorrow. Or maybe it's just, you know, you have this desire to start watching your calories, you're counting them, and you go up to the table, and you're looking at the carrots, and you're looking at the cake, and you're looking at the carrots, and you're looking at the cake, and you're like, how about a little compromise? I'll get some carrot cake. But that's what we do. We self-sabotage all the time. We set these new standards. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start studying more. I'm going to make healthier choices. And something inside us sabotages our own best efforts. We can read. We can buy apps. We can start programs. We can go to classes. We can go to meetings. All of these external things. And no matter how much progress we make, there's a part of us that just says, it's not worth it. Just stop just quit for me i've had a struggle with food over the past 18 years i've fluctuated between 50 pounds and over the last six years i've been hovering right around 10 to 15 pounds which is better than it used to be but you know what i get mad that i continue to have to watch what i eat it's frustrating for me i can remember when i was in high school i could take a sleeve of chips ahoy cookies dump them in a glass pour milk in them and eat them like cereal out of a spoon You may think it's gross, but don't judge me until you tried it. It's really, really good. But just like I get frustrated, like, why can't I eat at night? Because eating to me is comfort. It does a lot of things. When I'm stressed, I like to eat. When I'm happy, I like to eat. When I'm angry, I like to eat. And when I'm happy, let's celebrate. Why do I struggle with food? Why do I struggle with anything? It's frustrating, and I find myself saying those same things to God when it comes to sin. God, why do I struggle with the same thing I've messed with with decades? Now, I can look in the rearview mirror, and I can see some progress, but it's still a fight with temptation that I don't like fighting. But it's similar, that conversation I have with sin, you may have had with God on your own faith journey. You've said, God, I get tired of dealing with this. Is it worth it? And the answer is, yes, it is. We find a man named Paul in the Bible. He recorded a letter that he wrote, and it's just, he gets the struggle that we're in. In fact, I'll quote him as something he said. He put, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And Paul, he was a committed follower of Jesus. He had a vision of Jesus that was so clear that it changed his life. He went from someone who persecuted Jesus and those who followed him to someone who accepted him and was willing to die for him. He wrote 25% of the New Testament, yet he had the same struggle that you and I do with temptation. Look what he wrote in 7, 21 to 23 in the book of Romans. He says, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. That's like, whoa, Paul, that sounds a little bit militant. Used in heavy language here. He said good versus evil. Inner being loves to do the right thing, but there's something in you that wants to do the wrong thing. You called yourself a prisoner. Isn't that strong language? But if you know the battles of temptation, you may have never put it in that framework. You know what it feels like to be a prisoner to yourself, right? That's why it's important we look at Matthew 6.13, and it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It begs us to ask the question, what's God's role in temptation? Something we all struggle with. Why do we say, and lead us, not into temptation? It's like, does God actually lead us to do something evil when now we're asking him not to? And the answer is no. Look outside, of, look outside of this prayer in the Bible and you'll find some clear answers about God and testing and tempting and all those things. In James 1.13, it makes it very clear. It says, when tempted, No one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. We can be sure that God is not setting us up for failure whenever we find ourselves tempted to do the wrong thing. God is not responsible for bringing evil in our path, and we cannot say, God, this is your fault. It's your fault I have these desires. No, we don't have that ability to say that. So what does this phrase in the Lord's Prayer mean, and why should we say it? Well, the statement, lead us not into temptation, is better understood as an idiom. An idiom is any particular phrase that does not, it shouldn't be interpreted as it stands, but it still has a meaning. If I say it's raining cats and dogs, you're not running outside with a leash. If I say to you, hey, hold your horses, you don't yell back, I don't have any horses. And if I say it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, you don't whip out a hacksaw. You know what those terms mean. So, how is this term better understood to that audience? What's well, like praying to Jesus, it says, hey, do not let us fall as we face temptation. Or, hey, don't abandon us as we experience temptation. Well, so who's responsible for our temptations? Who's at fault? Well, consistently in the Bible, we find something internal within us that has the propensity to turn a good desire into something bad. You know how that happens. God designs something lovely, creates a desire that's pure. But in every one of those desires we can find a way to abuse it. You know, wanting to get stuff, it's not wrong to have nice things, but how we acquire those things is challenging. How we hold on to those things is conflicted. How we share those things could be problematic. Winning, we all like to win, but how we treat others in the competition, how we treat them after we win, that says a lot about our heart and our character, as good as it feels to blame others for our temptation, which is pretty easy to do. We have a list of excuses we can have for giving into those. Just think about them. I wrote a few down here. It's like we can say it's their fault. They started it. They pressured me into it. I just couldn't help myself. You know that pressure when you were a kid? Everybody else is doing it. Why can't I? Hey, nobody's perfect. I didn't know this was wrong. And it's true. Some of those pressures are external, but ultimately, we're responsible for making whatever decision that we do. And we're supposed to pray to God whenever we have that temptation. Maybe you heard someone even say, the devil made me do it. It's interesting how that's part of this verse 13. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, let me be clear, saying the devil made me do it doesn't justify temptation. But there is ample reason to understand that evil is also very real, and that it has an influence, and that influence is attributed to the devil. Anytime we face external pressures, we could say its source is the devil. The Bible has a lot to say about the devil. In the name of few, he appeared to Jesus. He appeared to Jesus to tempt him immediately after his baptism in the wilderness. We are told that if we submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee from us. We are told to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the devil. One I would like to share specifically, it's found in 1 Peter 5.8. It says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And this verse points out that we need to be watchful. It also points out that the devil is our enemy. You don't have to worry about being on his bad side. If you're on God's side, you are on his side list of enemies and what he's doing he's roaming around looking for someone to devour the image of a lion looking for something to eat isn't pleasant it could be rather scary but that's why it's important to remember who we're praying to god is more powerful than the enemy and so when we say god i need your help i need you to deliver me that's because he can deliver us evil is very real it is opposed to god and God is good and is more powerful. We need to remember that as we pray this prayer. When we say, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, it points to what we need. And what we need is a deliverer. This prayer reminds us that we need to be rescued in an eternal sense when we say, forgive us our sins and forgive us our debts. It lets us know that in order to be with Jesus forever, we need those things forgiven. But this prayer this portion of the prayer reminds us that moment by moment, we need the power of God to deliver us from our temptations. We delivered on both counts. Remember we read earlier from Paul's letter in Romans 7.21, I find this law at work, although I want to do good. Listen to what it goes on to say. He makes a pronouncement about himself, but then he identifies a solution. In verse 24, he says, What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. The question, who will rescue me? The Sunday school answer is correct, Jesus. They ask the question, who will deliver for me? Again, the answer is Jesus. Well, I want to end by looking at a particular verse that's very, very helpful for us as we deal with temptation. And it's written by Paul, the same guy who wrote these other verses, who understands our struggle. And as he wrote these words, I can't help but he's thinking about how can I deal with this myself? And how can I encourage other people who love God, who want help as they face temptations? And let's read this verse together. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This verse is packed with practical wisdom. And the first thing it lets us—it reminds us is what we looked at earlier is that everybody struggles with temptation. These things are common. You may think that your sin temptation is unique, but someone else deals with it. Someone else has dealt with it. And it's important to realize no matter how long you've been a Christian or a follower of Jesus, whether it's days or decades, you're still going to wrestle with temptation. It doesn't matter with how where you live, how much money you have, none of that matters. We're all going to wrestle with temptation. That's important to remember. And the second thing is if we lean on God during temptation, he is faithful and will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. Whatever situation we face, God can provide a way out for it when we lean on him. And so what are some ways that we can lean on him? Well, it's five practical things that I think we should look at doing as we partner with God to escape temptation. This verse, I wish it said, But when you are tempted, He will take you out so that you don't have to endure it, that you don't have to deal with temptation, that He'll just take you away and handle this situation for you. But no, it says that when you're tempted, He will provide a way out. He doesn't drag you. He provides you a way out. So here are five things that we can look at to help us as we deal with temptation. The first thing is we need to recognize the people and things that give us trouble. There are things and people that cause us to struggle, and we can pray about those situations in advance. Look at your calendar. What do you have around the corner? Some things we know that we're going to face in the day could lead us to temptation. Maybe you have a meeting set up at 12 o'clock, and this person loves to gossip, and you're getting ready to go to that meeting, and you can pray on the whole way. God, help me to redirect the conversation when it turns towards people. Help me to redirect the conversation when it turns towards people. Do you have a parent-teacher conference you think it's going to be tense? You can say, God, help me to speak the truth in a way that it's heard. Help me not to say mean things to hurt this teacher. Help me to say things that are kind. You know, are you planning on driving at 5.05? Why don't you play worship music? It can help you get through that battle zone. It's important that we recognize the people and things that can cause us trouble. The second thing is, run away from anything you know is wrong. You know, some temptations when we look at our track record, it's not surprising that we're probably not going to win this battle. We kind of find ourselves in the same patterns like, hey, every time I go to this person's house on Saturday night, I end up drinking too much. Well, why don't you start going on Sunday afternoons? Maybe you find yourself using a subscription to a television show or a network, and you find yourself getting in the same trouble or the, the same app, and you just need to delete those things. You need to get rid of that temptation. Run away from what you know is wrong. Delete that app, stop texting to that person, stop talking to that individual. You may think willpower is your problem, like this is silly, I should be able to do this action and not be tempted. But reality is you should flee from certain things. You should run away from tempting opportunities that you know you can't win. The third thing is choose to do a right thing. You know, if you struggle with selfishness, if you struggle with, I know, always wanting to keep things for yourself, serving other people, that really helps in there. You make a choice to serve and you stop thinking about yourself. Maybe you find yourself tempted whenever you stay up late at night. Well, choose to wake up early in the morning. You know, I find that I just waste time if I stay up past 10 o'clock. I'll just play games that are fun, but it's more of an escape. And I find that the later I stay up, the more I escape life. But the earlier I wake up, the more I invest in it. And so I started waking up at five something every day. And what I do is I go right in to have a devotional time. It's the only way I make sure I have the daily devotions is to wake up early and do them first things. Because as soon as my kids wake up, other people wake up, then I failed to do the thing that can actually help me deal with temptation the most, to start my day in prayer and to start my day in reading a devotion. It's good, it's helpful. So again, choose to do a right thing. The fourth thing is to spend time hanging out with the people That take temptation seriously. If you're the only person in your circle of friends that cares about you or that asks how you're doing, you need a new circle. If you're the only person in your circle that cares about making good decisions, you need to find a new collection of friends to walk with you. The reason why we offer small groups in this church is so you can get around a collection of people and not just learn about God, but you're able to have conversations about how to apply what you learn. It's more important, honestly, for you to be in a group of relationships where you challenge each other to apply what you learn to encourage one another than just to listen to messages on Sunday, although I'm glad you do that. It just helps you to process it, to talk about it. Our small groups are opportunities for you to develop those kind of relationships that have lots of meaningful dialogue. For me, I've identified a few friends, and we do more than just say, hey, how you doing? We say, hey, what are you struggling with? What can I pray for you about? And after we have that vulnerable conversation, those hard conversations, we commit to challenge each other to do better. We remind each other, like, hey, that temptation, we are all going to deal with it, and you don't have to keep going down that path. You don't have to keep going in that direction. You can change. And that, that is kind of people in your life, game-changers, can do a tremendous amount for you. And the fifth thing, this is the most obvious, is you pray for God's help. This prayer is an invitation to go to God every time you're dealing with temptation. I love the fact that we have to ask, that we're told to ask for forgiveness before we're told to <laughs> pray for temptation. You know, when we actually go through the things that we need forgiveness for, remember, it's forgiveness. You're not just saying, hey, God, forgive me for what I did yesterday. It's more helpful to actually say, God, forgive me for that time I treated this person this way, forgive me for the time I did this specific thing. And then after you ask for forgiveness and you thank God for His generosity and His grace, then as you're praying for temptation, you start saying, God, if I face that situation today, help me to make a better choice. Lead me away from that temptation. Deliver me from that. And as we have this honest, authentic conversation with God, we see change begin to happen. It's important. We're not on our own to deal with temptation. God wants to give us that strength. He can surround us with the right people, he can take us out of situations, and he wants to help us if we call on him to deliver us from evil. Well, I wanna end by inviting you to have a personal prayer time with Jesus, and I'm going to include a visual exercise I got from an Encounter devotional that I don't think was coincidence in timing. As I was preparing for this message Sunday morning, I get an email from this ministry called Encounter, and they led me through a prayer of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it was again a couple days before writing this message. And so what I want you to do is I'd like you to just get in a comfortable position and we're going to read 1 Corinthians 10, 13 in a different translation, the New Living Translation. And after we do this, we're going to give you an opportunity to work through this on your own and then we'll come back together for communion and continue the service. Get comfortable and let me read this verse to you. The temptations in your life. Are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. You're going to have a moment, and in a moment, you're going to be able to process this question God, I'm tempted to, by, or with, and then you can fill in that blank, and then you can say, God, deliver me from that thing. And so let me pray with you right now. God we face temptations. We need you to deliver us from them. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for providing us with a way out in Jesus name. Amen. And now I want to walk you through an exercise focusing on the last part of that verse. This is an exercise I would encourage you to continue doing on your own but for right now I'd like you to look at that last sentence of that verse and notice it says when you are tempted he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. It doesn't say if you are tempted it says when you are tempted and so right now identify that thing that tempts you in this moment see it in your eye but don't give it any power and now i want you to look past it look over it or around it and imagine an alternative on the other side of that temptation i want you to see another choice and see that choice as a door a door that shows you a way out so that you can endure this temptation Now I want you to take a minute and walk towards that door. But before you take a step, I want you to feel the hand of Jesus's hand in yours as he walks you past and guides you around that thing that tempts you. Notice that he's leading you toward the way out that he has already provided. For me that's a beautiful image that we can take with us as we consider the temptations that feel too strong the temptations that we think can wipe us out. So I'm going to give you a moment now, a full minute, to process this prayer, to identify what you're tempted with, and to pray specifically for God to deliver you from it.
0: Thanks for joining us. We hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know Him better. If you found this message podcast helpful, please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there is anything we can do for you, a question we could talk through with you, a prayer we could say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. We are better together. Please connect with us soon. Take care.